We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Two pitch, ball line to Yount, it's short, he throws, it's over! The Brewers have won the American League pennant! Milwaukee, you have a World Series! Hit in the air, Yount makes a great catch, and Juan Diemus has thrown the first no-hitter in Milwaukee Brewer history! Swings, and here it is! A base hit in the right center! He's done it. 3,000 for Robin. And there's a drive in the left field. This is hit well. And it's gone. Your crew cruising for a bruising with me, Andrew Snyder. And me, Adam McGee. As we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers for the Year of Step Podcast Network and Blue Wire Podcast. Adam, uh, not a morning podcast. We're recording this directly after uh, the final game of a three-game series between the Los Angeles Angels and the Milwaukee Brewers. But the cough is back. I want to let everyone know that the cough is back. Wow. Um, so, you know, we're, we're playing through pain. We've talked about the Brewers playing through some stuff all season. And now uh, we're doing that to this podcast. Turns out when your favorite team wins baseball series, Adam, it's very fun. Before we get into all of that, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Andrew. Um, yeah, fun to watch the Brewers get back to winning ways. Is I'll put that a challenging series for them in a number of ways. But uh, my God, imagine being an Angels fan. Just what a... <laughs> I, I can't, my brain can't compute all of the things that go on there and all of the good you have and all of the pain that comes from it. But yeah, I've got to admit, that's part of my thoughts kind of come out of this is just, what is, what is the Angels? You know, as an organization, what are they? They don't make sense. They don't make sense. I think they exist as a, a sociological experiment to mess with their fan base's brains by giving you two of the top five 
players in baseball right now on your own team. One of them is both a hitter and a pitcher. One of them is modern-day Mickey Mantle, and your team still finishes below 500 most seasons. Uh, last year, they had to, to fire Joe Madden while mired in a losing streak, I believe. Now Phil Nevin's there pushing uh, some of the buttons. I don't know what buttons he's pushing, uh, but they find themselves as as the team we've always known them to be. There was a game in this series, Adam, where the Los Angeles Angels lost when Mike Trout and Sheho, Shohei Otani combined to go six for nine. Mike Trout had five RBI and two homers, and they lost. They're, they're, they're a wild thing to exist. They're like an amusement park. Well, well to speak to part of the Angels that we know quite well, I'm, I'm not entirely disappointed at this. I don't understand why they went and got Hunter Renfro. He's like the profile of guy that you don't need on that team. Uh, you Listen, you've got your homers covered. You need guys to get on base. You need guys to get on base because all you've ever got is single shots or two-run home runs where Trout gets on base and then Shohei hits a homer. It's just wild you, how good those two guys are offensively. And you look at the end of the game and you're like, how? How? How have they not put the Brewers away here? How are the Brewers in the lead? Old friend uh, Hunter Renfro had had, a, had had it going well going into this series and then finishes the series uh, one for 12 with just an infield single as the lone hit and four strikeouts. So welcome back to Milwaukee, Hunter Renfro. The Brewers now have your number. Um, now we'll get into the series, but obviously we need to start at the top of this podcast uh, Our segment. with the, the news and notes segment. What's the updates on all of the injuries going around the Milwaukee Brewers? And I think uh, we have better news on some fronts than usual. Um, so I guess the first thing we'll start with is uh, Brandon Woodruff. Uh, last podcast, we said that uh, he was uh, going to get an MRI when they were back on this homestand. Um and see where things go from there. Um, per Adam McAlvey, uh, Matt Arnold said today's MRI result was very positive relative to what it could have been, which is not a sentence that like fills me with much confidence or joy, but there is the the positive element to it there. Um, I think you and I um, disagree on this being a positive development. I think it ultimately is when they say they're shooting for end of June as his return, because last the podcast where we uh, reviewed Woodruff's comments on his his status, uh, you talked me into this very pessimistic outlook where I was like, if we get him back before August, I'll be thrilled. Uh, I was kind of dreading this MRI news uh, when we talked about it last week just because we didn't know what was going to come out of it. And it seems like every time this season uh, we've gotten an initial announcement about an injury later on with the follow-up announcement, it's been doom and gloom. So end of June seems very optimistic. If it ends up being a situation where he's back as soon as they get back from the all-star break, that's something that was more in line with my thinking. Honestly, I'll take either outcome. I'll take Brandon Woodruff being healthy, and ready to go for the second half of this season because it, it he's too important a piece of this current team and hopefully the future of this team to to really risk anything. I don't disagree with any of that. I, I think the only thing that has me a little little confused has been the the brewer selling it as oh you know this is this is kind of as good as we could have hoped for. This is positive news. 
when Craig was definitely going with some more positive vibes when he spoke about this and he had he had essentially given the official line for within the organization up until this point. So Matt Arnold came out with something that was certainly more in line with what Brandon Woodruff had said. And that was my reaction at that time. You're right. We did talk about it on a previous pod. I was like, Woody is telling us something different than the organization and whether that's, you know, whether he's being a little bit more prudent on that or he just, you know, knows his body better or has a better feeling for whatever it might be. It seems like that's the way it's going to play out. It's fine. I just, uh, there's there's no good news to hearing Brandon Woodruff is going to miss another two months. Like, there's, even when it could have been worse, I still don't like when it officially comes true, you know? I was, there was always a chance that Craig's version of events could have come true, and he came back and he started throwing and he felt good, and we got to see him before that. So I still am not coming out of it like feeling great. I would much rather see Brandon Woodruff pitch with Milwaukee Brewers. As would I. Um, I think even even when Corbin's been uh, the best pitcher in this rotation, I think you and I have shared that Brandon Woodruff's our favorite pitcher to watch, or at least our favorite mm-hmm. starting pitcher. Um, you know, just a just a stylistic preference thing. Um, I love Corbin Burns as well. Um. Other news that has come out in the last few days, um, Kurt Hogue has been busy <laughs> compiling uh, all of these news and notes of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Obviously, Andrew Snyder, big shill for local news. Um, Adrian Hauser is expected to be activated activated on this upcoming trip. Uh, they have not defined what that role will be yet. Uh, Kurt Hogue speculates that he's going to be in the rotation, and the question is. Does that mean they go to a six-man rotation? Does that mean Colin Ray goes back to Nashville? Um, guys with options that can be swapped out um, for Hauser are Ray, Tyson Miller, Jake Cousins, Elvis Paguero. Um, obviously, <laughs> uh, Peter Strzelecki and Hobie Milner have options as well, but that's not going to happen. Um, yeah, I could really be talked into anything um, with what they're going to do to Hauser. Uh with the way Colin Ray looked today, and we'll get into that a little bit later, you wonder if maybe he's earned the chance to stick around. Overall, his numbers aren't like exciting, exciting. He's got a 4.79 ERA in 20 and two thirds innings. But today, I mean, a career high nine strikeouts. He's up to 95. He's uh, limited his walks today and, and just looked really good. So I, I wonder if even with Hauser coming back, he'll stick around and they'll either go with the six man rotation or throw Heiser or Hauser, excuse me, into that uh, bullpen role. I don't know. Uh, Kurt obviously seems to think it'll be to take over uh, a starting spot. Um, But the Brewers have options. For me, the starting pitching is holding up pretty well in spite of how, you know, thinly stretched there. It's the bullpen that just scares me continuously. I, I think Adrian Hauser in the bullpen would be a real weapon and a chance for him to have another... Another arm who could go multiple innings and produce some real quality stuff. I mean, the other thing, Colin Ray's numbers this year are not dissimilar to kind of the Adrian Hauser we're seeing as a starter last year. So I, I don't know why you'd be kind of in a major panic to bring Hauser in as a starter when it seemed like before all the injuries struck, the plan had pivoted to make him into a bullpen guy. Look, 
I'm not opposed to it either way. It would be good to get him back. Um, I just think this is an opportunity to maybe bolster the bullpen and to bolster the bullpen in a way that has some staying power and could work going forward. And I would be leaning that way. I don't, I don't see the benefit of a six man rotation, particularly when you're without Brandon Woodruff. So you're, you're stretching it out further from your better pitchers at a point where your depth is being tested more. That doesn't make sense. I think you go six day when everyone's health or six man rotation when everyone's healthy. Um, and you've got Corbin and you've got Woody and you've got Freddie. And then you're still feeling good about Wade Miley and hopefully Eric Lauer. And then you've got one as a bonus because I just think you've got more kind of pedigree throughout a stretch. I think, a a six-man rotation is a long time between Corbin Burns starts or Freddie Peralta starts right now. And a lot of variance with some of those other pitchers, with the exception of Wade Miley, who's been a, the picture consistency so far. So I wouldn't quite see the logic in that move, but whether it's hazard to bullpen, hazard to start, and really whatever combination, as you said, yeah, I could be... I could be talked in to pretty much any of the logical moves on that. Um, except maybe Tyson Miller, who I'm curious to see more of, and he has started very well. So right now I wouldn't be in a rush to send him right back down, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's uh that's the problem is all the guys with options have shown you flashes in their small samples of being really intriguing and pieces that can stick in this bullpen and be mainstays in the middle innings. Um, and we will have uh, some decision one way or the other um, to react to later in the week, it sounds like. Um, another note is uh, something that's not going to, to factor into any immediate conversations, but Luis Arias is running at 50% was the other um, addition to this tweet that Kurt Hogue had. Uh Reese was obviously placed on the 60-day IL, so still a ways away from seeing him back with the team. Tyrone Taylor, on the other hand, is very close to returning, um, possibly at the front end of the road trip. So um, I think we'll see Tyrone Taylor be added to the roster and Blake Perkins go back to Nashville. And then based on the way... He's been playing defense in center field. I think the rotation is going to be Weimer stays in center and Tyrone Taylor plays outfield when he plays. So um, Blake Perkins obviously hasn't gotten a ton of time, but he's struggled at the plate. Um, just has the the one single, I think, in his at-bats, and he's had a few uh, issues in the outfield. Um, his his game that, in I left think... field was not good. Like, or I don't even, he didn't start that game, did he? He might have even, oh, no, I think that was a start. But uh, I, look, I just don't see it. Um, there are very few players, position players on this roster where you're just like, nah, that just doesn't work at all. Um, I think that's a, a luxury compared to where we were at times last year and even with some injuries in the room for real strength to kind of come to the fore again. But I, Blake Perkins is one that I truly do not see and... I wasn't when Garrett Mitchell was, you know, hitting uh, walk-off homers and firing all cylinders to start the season. I wasn't exactly waiting to greet Tyrone Taylor back with open arms. I am now. 
<laughs> I am now when Blake Perkins is the alternative. Um, I, I think your point on Weimer is a good one for center, but the reality is Weimer has made good defensive plays out right too. He's just making good defensive plays wherever you put him and signs of some progress, although it's still very, mm, very up and down offensively, but his defense has been absolutely outstanding. And given what the options are comparatively, I think it's, it's a no doubter that Weimer is going to remain core to the starting lineup pretty much every day. Yeah, I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. It might have been The Athletic. It might have been something else. But they were talking about uh, Garrett Mitchell's injury. And uh, it was basically like, all right, Joey Weimer's going to get the ultimate just like go out there and see what happens kind of a thing. And I'm okay with it because of just how much value he's proven to have on defense. He plays hard, um, hit a double today. I think he had a, a another hit in the series, a couple walks. Like he's a uh, he's a guy that's still learning and developing, but having that just ability to, to go out and track down baseballs in center field has already proven valuable for this thing. His hit team, his throwing arm from right field or center field. So that's definitely the case. And like you said, Tyrone Taylor uh, will provide just an added level of, of competence at that uh, additional spot in the outfield, which is you can never have uh, too much uh, outfield depth as the Brewers had learned because they, they thought they have a lot had a lot of it because of the rookies going into the season and Brian Anderson's ability to play out there and Tyrone Taylor. But the injuries have really tested their depth to this point in the season. And uh, it'll be nice to get another piece back. Uh, two more things before we get into the series, Adam. It's just a laundry list. Uh, Javi Guerra, who was designated for assignment uh, after the disastrous eighth inning against uh, the Boston Red Sox uh, last weekend, I believe. It's, it seems like a million years ago. Um, he's been traded back to the Tampa Bay Rays in exchange for a player to be named later or cash. Uh, so the Javi Guerra experiment is, is the first bullpen flyer experiment that that has ended permanently. Um, I don't think, I assume you don't have anything to add on that, Adam, uh, before I move into the next thing, but I'll give you the opportunity to respond anyway. No, best of luck to, uh, to Javier. And I'm very I, much surprised at the desire to like raise, raise a hand and be like, Oh, we'll take another look at Javier. So I, uh, I have, him. A, I have a suspicion that he will be joining me here in Durham, North Carolina very soon. Uh, that is my thought, but, uh, one more, uh, bit of news is Trevor McGill has been acquired by the Milwaukee Brewers and sent to Nashville, uh, from the Minnesota twins. McGill is a six foot eight right-handed, uh, pitcher. So another, another bullpen arm that throws gas, uh, in that baseball savant page I sent you, Adam, I think he was 97th percentile for fastball velocity. Uh, as we mentioned, you know, Matt Arnold likes to take chances on guys that throw gas. 29 years old, spent last season with Minnesota at the big league level, pitched 45 innings, 4.80 ERA. The season before that, he was in Chicago with the Cubs, uh, 22 or 23 and two thirds innings with an 8.37 ERA. So he's got options as well. So add another guy to the the musical chairs options that they have in the bullpen and he'll be in Nashville. Yes, Andrew, that's that's what Arnold is interested in looking at. It's just 
who is going to throw absolute heat. And yeah, we're going to continue to cycle through guys until maybe someone sticks with that. And you know what? That's fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that as a a solid idea, a solid approach. So it's it's worth a look, I guess. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. There is another news and note that you, you didn't get, which I forgive yeah, because there's just so much, there's so much in the way of injuries. But this one was an update that came by way of the the Bali Sports Wisconsin broadcast during the final game of the series against the Angels, which is that Gus Varland is having uh, pitched, I believe it was two innings or one and two thirds innings with the Timber Rattlers on Saturday, um, giving up no runs and sounds like being pretty effective, looking pretty good. I think it was 15 pitches was mentioned. Um, he is now headed to the Nashville Sounds, and they noted that he will be facing off against his brother. Luke is the name that's in my head, but Louie, Louie, maybe that's Louis, it. Louie, yep. There Louis, we go. Yep. It got there eventually. Um, and which I think I had missed that he got hit in the hand again in his first start with or in his first appearance with the Timber Rattlers. The same he did. Hand. I I actually uh, dropped that tidbit during our uh, NFL draft live stream. I was like, "Hey, wow. for any of the baseball fans, Gus Varlin <laughs> just got hit by another line drive," which is just is incredible. Honestly, incredible. So that really sucks. He's someone who we would like to see back in the bullpen sometime soon. It seems like he'd be pretty useful. 
Or at least he's another one of the experiments. Look, we liked a lot of what we saw early on. And part of why he's going to Nashville, supposedly he feels healthy now, but he doesn't feel like it's, you know, it's coming out of his hand or his stuff is playing in quite the way he wants it to, which is interesting. So I guess we'll monitor how that goes and hopefully we'll see him back with the Brewers and at his best soon. If he can just avoid getting his hand rocked with any more line drives in his time in Nashville. I don't even like getting back on the highway after someone almost merges into me. Uh, and this guy's going out there getting back on the mound. So kudos to him. No more line drives at Gus Varlin. That's all I ask. Uh, shall we move on to the series uh, at hand, Adam? Let's do it. All right. Friday night, Los Angeles Angels versus the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, three left-handed starters in a row for the Brewers uh, are facing off against the Brewers, um, which is something that's given them problems uh last season and early this season uh willie adamas stakes the brewers to an early lead with a home run in the first inning they go up one nothing in the fourth inning the angels would fight back a geo urshela single would score anthony rendon uh, wade miley would get out of that inning um, and overall do his best to, to scatter the hits that he would allow and not allow anything other than the lone single run six innings pitch seven hits uh one earned run uh, the only run he would allow, no walks, two strikeouts, so not missing bats. The Brewers made two errors in this game, uh, one by Willie Adamas and one by Mike Brasso on a throw. But overall, I thought they played some really good defense to help the pitchers out of certain situations. Uh, Joey Weimer in center field. Uh, Willie Adamas made a stab on a hard hit ball by Mike Trout um, to get out of one jam. So good stuff from Wade Miley, who just continues to be everything we could have hoped for and more in his return to Milwaukee. He's now got a one eight six ERA, uh, which is, yeah. So everything we could have want and, and more is the operative term there. A 1.00 whip on the year. Um, He's going for a Cy Young, really, Andrew. This is, it's so much more than we could have wanted. So we're going to have Cy Young winner Wade Miley. Yeah. Cy Miley is what he's going to change his name to. He's just been uh, exceptional. Uh, is there luck involved in some areas? Sure. But part of that is just building a defense that can support a pitcher that has a lot of balls in play. Only had the two strikeouts tonight. He's had the the games where he's been missing bats. This was not one of them. Uh, but 29 innings pitched so far this year, a 186 ERA. Couldn't be happier with Wade Miley as he makes his push to win the National League Cy Young. Um, Tyler Anderson on the other side for the Angels, uh, six and two-thirds innings pitch, five hits, uh, one run. It was earned on the Willie Adamas homer, three walks and seven strikeouts. So it's been a bit of a bumpy ride to start Anderson's Angels tenure after um, he had a great season last year with the Dodgers and, and cashed in with that multi-year contract uh, with the Angels. Uh the Brewers would get scoreless innings from Yoel Piamps and Peter Strzelecki, uh to keep them still in this baseball game. And then in the bottom of the eighth inning uh, with William Contreras um, on second, I believe. Or was that uh, Brian Anderson? Sorry. Uh, yes, with William Contreras on base. Um, Rowdy Tellez singles through the right side to score Contreras, makes it 2-1 Brewers. Devin Williams comes on in the ninth inning, uh, gets a branding jury ground out, a Gio Urshela strikeout, and then Matt Dice rounds out to shortstop 2-1 Brewers win uh we talked about in the offseason a lot a lot of people did a lot of writing on this and some analysis that Rowdy Telez was one of the players 
in baseball who was going to benefit from the shift rules um, more than others. And that hard hit ground ball single to the right side to essentially win a baseball game is one that maybe doesn't happen if you've got a second baseman deep in the outfield that can range over and make that play. So Rowdy taking advantage of the new rules and winning a game for the Brewers. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, this was the best game he had in the series, but in some ways it did kind of set the table for what was to come too, which is a series against lefty starting pitchers entirely does not seem like a place. Certainly doesn't seem like a place where Craig Council would uh, predict Rowdy would thrive. And yet he's doing better in those spots. He did in this series at least, and even when... Craig is going to what is very, very close to an entirely right-handed lineup. He is now comfortable sticking with Rowdy there, and I think there's good reason to believe on that. And just more generally, and not to uh, not to belabor a point that longtime listeners will have heard us make over and over and over again, he is a guy just you want out there because if the Brewers need a clutch hit like they did in this scenario. He is very, very strong in those situations. Right-hander, left-hander, whatever it is, Rowdy just has a knack for coming up with a big hit when it matters in a way that I don't know entirely applies to a lot of other players on this roster. So it was our our point of view last year, which is just give him trust in him and give him the opportunities. And to Council's credit, I think over the course of last year, it is something he did more of. And we're seeing a little bit more of it already this year. And I think we'll continue to see that unless Luke Voigt starts to hit a whole lot better. Um, but Rowdy, Rowdy can hang and there will be games where he will do damage against left-handed pitchers if you give him a chance. Moving on to game two of this series. Um, on the mound for your Milwaukee Brewers is Corbin Burns facing off against Reed Detmers. Uh, Corbin Burns... A bit of a return return to form, even if it wasn't super uh, pretty. The, the Brewers uh, start the scoring off in the third. Victor Caratini scores on a Joey Weimer ground out. Willie Adamas follows that with a single to score. Owen Miller makes it 2 nothing, And then a William, William Contreras double scores Willie Adamas to make it 3 nothing. Very um, adventurous route taken by Taylor Ward on that William Contreras double, but we thank him for it nonetheless. Um yeah, uh, the Angels played some some real bad defense in this game. Um, in the fifth inning, Corbin Burns was a, would allow his lone run of a game on a Mike Trout sacrifice fly. It was actually a really nice play by Christian Yelich in left center field to make that play and keep it from going for extra bases. Uh, Corbin Burns, for the game, still not looking quite as his, his sharpest, but it's it's... It's better than it's been in some of the tough starts. So six innings pitch, five hits, just the one run on the sack fly, a walk and five strikeouts. Season ERA down to four zero one. Uh, I'm happy with that Burns performance and him fighting through not having his stuff. Or it, I don't want to say he didn't have his stuff because he he's had his stuff, but I think early in games the issue for Burns has been commanding his pitches. And after you know a few issues with runners on base and just missing non-competitive pitches, not even when he's walking guys, he settled in and, and got through the game. I think the problem was he was at like, was it 25 pitches through the first? And he put himself in a tight spot, but he managed to get out of there. And honestly, from that point on, the five subsequent innings were 
pretty good. But yeah, he's putting himself in a tough spot. On this occasion, he got out of it. Was it the previous start? It was, right? That he didn't. Um, right. It would be, be nice to just see him come out of the gate and be kind of the Corbin Burns that it feels like once we get to third, fourth, fifth, sixth innings, he's really in a groove and then you're taking him out because his pitch count has gone up. Um, so if we could just kind of tidy up the version of Corbin that's coming out early in games, I think that'd be great. I guess we could also add to news and notes. Supposedly he was really, really unwell. Oh, yes, out, yes, yes. Coming out of Seattle, lost 10 to 12 pounds, uh, which doesn't seem great. Doesn't seem like a whole lot of fun. Um, so I guess just based on that alone, the fact that he comes out and he throws six innings and only allows one earned run, that's a pretty good outcome. Um, particularly at a time where, yeah, for whatever reasons, whether it was the injury scare before that, or if it's illness there, the Brewers just don't need Corbin Burns missing any games and they need the best version of him at all times. So he came out and he did his job and he fought through it, which I think is something also we've given him credit for already this year. He is finding ways like you kind of expect of an ace more often than not. There have been a couple of exceptions to that. But yeah, look, there's there's no real criticism I'd have of him here. Um, Came out, didn't quite have it, but he he fought through that and he eventually found it as time went on. Yeah, and I think... Uh what is encouraging like you say that first inning gets started off a single to zach netto a single to trout gets the double play for otani walks rendon and then he gets hunter renfro to pop out of the catcher so has to throw a lot of pitches but then in the fourth inning he strikes out the side and then in his last inning of work in the sixth he gets them down in order so even when things get off to a precarious start being able to center yourself and lock back in is an encouraging sign moving forward overall really good performance from Corbin Burns and like like you said at the top of this order it's not exactly like you're facing uh uh <laughs> bad hitters the uh two 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 and three hitters for the uh, Los Angeles Angels are pretty good at them as we'll talk about a little bit later uh 3-1 as we go to the middle of the fifth William Contreras at the plate draws a walk that would score Owen Miller Jesse Winkler follows that with a single to left field it's 6-1 Brewers at that point after Winker's two-RBI single. Then Victor Caratini would have a base loaded walk of his own to score. William Contreras makes it 7-1 Brewers after the fifth. Oh, man. In the, in the eighth inning, uh, there's a guy named Mike Trout, Adam, and he plays for the Los Angeles Brewers. Bryce Wilson on the mound. Uh, I think it was a slider that didn't quite slide, Adam. Got too much in the middle of the plate. Mike Trout sits a home Sends a home run to center field to score himself and Zach Neto, who continually reach base in the series at 7-3 Brewers there. Uh, in the ninth, then, uh, or excuse me, that uh, the first time run was off El- Elvis Paguero um, in mm-hmm. the uh, the seventh inning. The ESPN game tracker has this wrong. Great. They've done it to me again, Adam. They've done it to me again. Uh, they can't keep getting away with this. Um, but in that ninth, that was Bryce Wilson on the mound, so he would allow a home to drop, but it was... Uh, a little later than I said, that would make it seven to five. So two Mike Trout homers. He's got the RBI on the sack fly, and he's got a pair of two run homers. And then Devin Williams gets a final out of the inning, uh, and the Angels lose. The Angels have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout go six for nine. Trout scores two runs, has five RBI, two home runs. Otani stole two bases, and they lose. I think, do we award this a Tungsten Armo Doyle? I'll turn it over to you. 
I just don't understand how this because the thing is, this is the kind of thing we obviously don't see the angels very often. Um, you you do because you're like sick and you watch lots and lots of baseball and you know you watch late night baseball, which means you see a lot more angels than I would. But it's the kind of thing I've been hearing about, and I'll check the box scores every morning, and I'll see, and I'm like, it's happened again, it's happened again. It's the fact that this isn't just a Brewers thing, it's that it happens constantly to the Angels. And I don't like I don't know what it must be like to be Shayatani or be Mike Trout and be like, look at how good we are. <laughs> look at how good we are together, and yet look at this team. Look at just how like they're not even mediocre a lot of the time. They're just bad. It's truly incredible. Yeah, I want to apologize to the ESPN box score. It was right there. I was just confused because Paguero did not record an out in his second inning of work because of Mike Trout and uh, his homer. Paguero recorded a scoreless seventh and then did not record an out in the eighth. So that's tough. That's right. Uh, Peter, that's right. P- Peter Streslecki, so comes on and gets out of that inning, throws a scoreless inning with two strikeouts. Nice to see um, Streslecki getting, uh, missing some bats there. Uh, so yeah, the Trout homers in the eighth and the ninth, uh, made for uh four of the Angels five runs, and then he also had that sack fly in the fifth. Uh, Bryce Wilson removed um, following that damage, uh, and then Devin Williams comes in, allows a hit, but gets out of the inning um, without allowing a run. Still hasn't allowed a run all season. Only four pitches, three of them for strikes for Devin Williams. But yeah. Just uh, quite a, a quandary for uh, the Angels to have your best of the best performers uh, do that, and then you still lose a game. And I think that's just the nature of baseball to a certain point is that you've got not nine guys hitting and one guy on the mound at a certain time and your relievers and two of, let's see, how many people played in this game for the Angels? I can't even title or i can't even figure it out because of uh, how many subs they had but let's just say two of 26 is just a, a ratio that even if you've got some all-time greats may not make a difference at the end of the day uh we press on to the final game of this series which was the sunday wrap-up game colin ray on the mound against jose suarez and colin ray looked good uh five innings pitch three hits two runs they were both earned on solo homers just one walk and nine strikeouts which is a career high for colin ray First homer was Jake Lamb homering in the second inning, make it one nothing in the third. Shohei Otani homered to dead center field at a at a height that did not seem possible. Like you could have told me he was sending it straight up through the roof, and I would have believed you. Just an absolutely towering shot. I, I anyone in attendance probably thought it was an optical illusion. That that was just incredible, and you just. You just throw your hands up and and you applaud that sort of thing and say, you know what? Like you told me when it happened, you said we've budgeted for that. It's fine. That's to be expected. Yeah, it's it's exactly the same as like Mike Trout having two home runs the day before. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. It's any other team that would be a problem, but you kind of come into this series being like, okay, well, Mike Trout and Shohei are going to do Trout and Otani things. And everyone else around them is going to let them down. So it's up to the Brewers overall to just come and meet the challenge. And they did in the series. And honestly, I mean, defensively, they did in this game. They gave themselves a chance. They gave themselves a chance. But yeah, look, when that happens, 
what else can you do but laugh but kind of marvel at what he's doing it's insane i like it was talked a little bit about in uh commentary jeff levering uh, who i would guess and certainly in person has seen a lot more home runs than i have andrew and he was talking about how you just you just never see a ball hit that high actually get out because usually if it's hit that high it just hasn't got the kind of drive behind it that it's going to need to carry the distance. But of course, if you're a Tani, you can hit it that high and you can drive it that far and it all results in a pretty memorable home run. Yeah. Um, I, I want to say this and we'll, I'll finish out recapping what happened in this game because there's not too much more to recap. It was a very low scoring game. Um, the Angels would get one more run in the seventh uh, to make it 3 nothing, and that's all that they would need to win the game. Suarez goes five innings, two hits, uh, three walks, six strikeouts. Brewers were not able to get a big hit and drive in runs uh, against him. Chris Davinsky uh, provides a scoreless inning. Silseth, Matt Moore, and Carlos Estevez also provide scoreless innings. Uh, good work on the Brewers' end from Jake Cousins, who threw one and a third scoreless with just a walk. Hobie Milner had a tough day. Um Two hits, the one earned run went to him after um, some struggles there. Had a walk as well, no strikeouts. Y'all Piamps gets one out uh, in relief of Hobie to clean up that jam. And then Tyson Miller, a really nice Brewers debut. Two innings pitched, uh, no hits, no runs, no walks. Had a strikeout. Um, I, I will say, Adam, like part of the main part of sports is rooting for your team and hoping that your team wins every game you're at. But in the the new age of mostly balanced schedule, or not mostly balanced, but more balanced scheduling, where every other year you'll presumably be in, like every team will see each other on that rotating two-year basis in the other team's home stadium and vice versa. If you're a Brewers fan that attended all three of these baseball games and you got to see your team uh, win the series and then you got to see two all-time greats do all-time great things, I got to say, that's a pretty big win if you were at these baseball games. And I know we have uh, uh, friends of the podcast and uh, our Talk of the Tundra host, Numak, were in attendance on Saturday, and it sounded like they had a great time. So uh, great crowds at American Family Field this weekend, a series win, and facing off against uh, Trout and Otani and the rest of the Angels. They had, there were some guys that uh, had good performances until um, – Come on. Or, you're there, they're was. there for Trout and Otani. Don't give, don't give this <laughs> – Sad sack, but you are credit that they deserve. They've got Mike Trout and Shoyatani on their team, and they can't win baseball games. Those guys don't deserve any credit. I'm uh, I'm rooting for Zach Neto to be good, though. <laughs> uh, went to Campbell University in North Carolina, got drafted last summer, is already uh, playing shortstop at the major league level. He's had his ups and downs. He had two his first two games of the series were very good. He only drew a walk today. But also, it speaks to the state of the Angels roster building and organization that a guy that they drafted last year has to be their answer at shortstop because they didn't plan well enough for that. So uh, I'm rooting for him uh, for his own uh, you know, personal thing just because he went to a school in my home state. But also, it's really bad that that has to be the option right now. So you're right, Adam. It's, it's a two-man team. Yeah, and they're probably going to spend their flight back from Milwaukee or to wherever they're going next 
plotting you know, how how could we both get to Pittsburgh together? That's what we need to be pirates. We need to join a real juggernaut. Uh we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh because that is a a sight to behold, Adam. Shall we get to the Master Brewer leaderboard? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Collecting beers for this series. First of all, Wade Miley, six innings pitch, seven hits, no walks, one run, two strikeouts. Corbin Burns, six innings pitch, five hits, one walk, one run, five strikeouts. Colin Ray, five innings pitch, six, three hits, one walk, two earned runs, and nine strikeouts. Peter Strzelecki, two innings pitch, one hit, no walks, no runs, two strikeouts. Tyson Miller in his Brewers debut, two innings pitch, no hits. No walks, no runs, one strikeout. Jake Cousins, one and a third innings pitched, uh, zeros for him. Uh, Rowdy Telez, three for seven, an RBI, a walk. He had that game-winning hit in the first game of the series. Owen Miller um, playing second base against the lefties, two for nine with two walks. And anecdotally, I've thought he's played really solid during his his uh, moments at second base. I think he's been a really steady pair of hands. I don't have any metrics to back that up. That's just what my eyes tell me, and I'm going to go with that uh, until anything else uh, dispels that notion. Joey Weimer, two for nine, two walks, had the double today. Played stellar defense in center field, tracking down uh, balls that if he did not get to, might have seen the series go in another way. Obviously, he had his Superman diving uh, uh, catch on Saturday that he had to run in on. Uh, did you say that uh, there was quotes of him admitting that he didn't necessarily have to jump for it, but, you know, with a little flourish and a little style, I think it's okay. Last, last but not least, Devin Williams, one and a third innings of scoreless work for him. Uh, still is not a- allowed a run this season. And Devin Williams, Adam, making a push uh, for another all-star appearance, one of the best closers in baseball. Leaderboard through 28 games, leading the way, Peter Strzelecki and Devin Williams with seven beers. Brian Anderson and Bryce Wilson with six. Willie Adamas, Garrett Mitchell with five. Roddy Tellez, Wade Miley, Hobie Milner, Christian Yelich, Yoel Piamps, and Joey Weimer with four. Eric Lauer, Bryce Terang, William Contreras, Freddie Peralta with three. Jesse Winker, Brandon Woodruff, Gus Varland, Corbin Burns, Javi Guerra, Elvis Paguero, Victor Caratini, and Jake Cousins with two. Luke Voigt, Mike Brasso, Matt Bush, Owen Miller, and Tyson Miller each have one. Adam, thoughts, feelings, concerns, dreams, hopes? I've got I've got one more news and note that I'm just catching up on now, which of course whenever we say that it means there's another injury to talk about. Um, I I didn't I didn't catch this, but I'm just seeing now Adam McAlvey's just put out his piece, and um, seems like a, a scary one for Eric Brown Jr. the other day with the Timber Rattlers. He was struck in the face by a pitch on Wednesday, suffered a laceration and swelling. But has fortunately avoided serious injury, according to Vice President of Player Operations and Baseball Administration, Tom Flanagan. So hopefully he'll be back playing next week. But can can people just stop, you know, hitting Brewers players in the body, in the face, in the hand with baseballs? How about that, Andrew? Uh, I would be fine with that um, because that would mean we wouldn't have to talk about them being hurt. And you know what my least favorite part of baseball, Adam, is? It's when people get hurt. Uh, shall we look ahead to uh, the future world and, and what's going on uh, next week, Adam? Let's look ahead to the prospect of Eric Lauer pitching in Colorado. When you put it like that. Um, so, yes, after an off day tomorrow, the beginning of May, Adam, April showers that have caused my satellite and internet to really be going through it today. 
um, we'll be gone and we'll have just a bright and shiny May to look forward to. So an off day on May 1st, uh, the Brewers will head to Colorado for three games. So Tuesday, May 2nd, uh, 7.40 Central start, Freddie Peralta uh, versus Ryan Feltner. Uh, Wednesday, May 3rd, a 7.40 Central start, Eric Lauer versus Kyle Freeland. And then to wrap things up, Thursday, May 4th, a 2.10 um, Central start, Wade Miley versus Noah Davis. Then the Brewers will head out to San Francisco for three games before returning home on May 8th against the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Brewers find themselves with an 18-10 and 10 record after the first full month of the Major League Baseball season. Uh, just behind the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are currently down 7-1 to the Washington Nationals in the final game of of their series. The Pirates Baseball. obviously Yes, uh the Pirates have been exceptional to start the season. We had the the commentary where uh, early in the offseason we were predicting uh how the standings were going to to shape up and I had Reds in fourth over the Pirates and then when we did our official season like discussions on it I did Pirates over the Reds. Got to say Adam, even in my most optimistic thoughts for the Pittsburgh Pirates didn't see 20 and 8 coming especially after O'Neill Cruz uh, would have a devastating injury. Didn't see it coming. So they'll probably, knock on wood, be 20-9 and nine if the, the Nationals cannot trip over themselves uh, in this game. Uh, but yeah, they've they've been insane. Brewers 18-10. and 10. Two games at recording behind them. Uh, Cardinals 10-18. and 18, Down 5-3 currently to the Dodgers in that game. Let's We'll see if they can come back. Didn't see that coming either. Uh, the team the Brewers will be facing next week, the Rockies, are 9-20 and 20 as I speak to you right now. Uh, but Coors Field can get weird. Who's, who knows what will happen there? Kyle Freeland in that uh, middle game is, you know, he always puts forth good efforts, does whatever he can in that terrible ballpark for pitchers. And then the Pirates do have their first, or not first, but like the, their biggest test of the season to date as they'll play the 23-6 and six Tampa Bay Rays. What I will say, I'll, I'll look, I mean, I don't think I'm alone on this, and I don't think it's disrespectful to say we're going to have to see a lot more from the Pirates before we start taking the Pirates as seriously as the record right now suggests. But I will note, you already gave the Cardinals record. The Cardinals are digging themselves into a hole early on, and with the Brewers moving in the opposite direction, at the time of this recording, and it could be about to increase, the Brewers have an eight-game lead on the Cardinals. We'll take that at any point in the season. That's a good place to be. Um, but I will add to that that the Cubs are 3-7 and seven in their last 10. So the Cubs are falling back too. And if we are to look at the bigger picture, maybe the Pirates are real. Maybe the Brewers have to battle it out with the Pirates all season. Um, but I think certainly compared to the Cardinals and the I mean, the no-doubt kind of heavy hitters that they have at their disposal. We take that. If this season is going to play out as, you know, a race with anyone, we take that. Obviously, a long way to go. The Brewers, as we all learned last year, no matter who the race is with, will have to, you know, not just plant face first in the dirt. Like that guy in the cheese race. Don't know if you saw that, Andrew. I did, Um, yeah. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Well, that was the Brewers last season. Uh, just <laughs> racing away. Everything was going well, and then they're face first, face first in the dirt. Um, but yeah, I mean, good Brewers start, bad Cardinals start, and Cubs 
coming back down to earth, probably not in as good a place they should be. That's about as much as I think we would have hoped for at this point coming into the season. Now you're going to play the Rockies, the team with the worst record in the National League. You know what I want, Andrew. I wanted to beat up on the Rockies. Weird ballpark and all. This is the thing that was their undoing last year, which is when you're going and you're playing a team that does not have it going, that is pretty bad, that you're not taking advantage. Brewers do not dare come back. Or, you know, they don't come directly back. Don't you dare leave Colorado to move on to San Francisco without at least a series win. Um, I've got bad news, Adam. Jose Arana, I think, was designated for assignment by the Rockies. So I really wish they could face off against him in this series. I would feel like really secure about whichever game he appeared in getting a win. But he might be a Brewer soon be. with all the flyers that the Brewers are taking on pitchers. So uh, that's, that's a that, joke. That's a joke. No one wants that. That's a joke. My worry there is if they do need another AAA depth piece in the event that the Bucks think Trevor McGill. Uh, can factor into their rotation. He's a tall man, Adam. Um, I don't think I have much more than that. What, what height is he? Six eight. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. He's a. Well, I'm excited a, to a get a look guy. at him. Right. Okay. Um. So, you know, we talked throughout this podcast, just like really uh, showering Otani and Trout with praise. They play the Cardinals next. So, you know what? The rest of this week, we're Team Trout and Otani. Come on, Angels. Figure it out. Let's go. Yeah, again, it's about the other guys. I mean, I feel like we talk about the rest of the Angels the way Brian Anderson talks with J.D. Martinez. And Mm. in this case, it's warranted. So, come on, the rest of the Angels. Show some life. Help maybe the two best players in baseball out. I think Patrick Sandoval should get a start in that series. I think he's he's pretty competent. I haven't seen how he's done this year because obviously he didn't pitch in the series, so I didn't really look into it. But yeah, you know, maybe maybe he can uh, he can do something. All right, Andrew, that does it for us for this episode. Make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast, so you never miss an episode of Cruising for a Bruising. You should also listen to the rest of the Eurostep Podcast Network shows. Talking to Tundra. Just wrapped up. Well, I'm sure there's actually more pods to come on the NFL draft. Um, being just this multiple day long event, I'm sure there's some more wrap up, some more diving in to come from Jordan and Numac. I I'm not actually on top of the schedules. Maybe Andrew knows, but I'm guessing that could be something that they're recording today. People might yep. uh, by the time this is out on Monday, that'll be there for them too, probably. Yep, they recorded a, a first-round um, update that should already be out, and then they mm-hmm. recorded this morning recapping the rest of the draft. Um, so that should be out. Uh, Ty Windish won the What Should This Podcast Title Be race. So if you see Ty on Twitter, say, hey, good title, man. I didn't even know that was a thing. I've been busy. I've missed a lot. Um, all right, so new episode talking to Sandra. Ready, waiting for you on Monday. Uh I yeah, we've also got the Eurostep Podcast Network, the main feed where we talk about the Milwaukee Bucks. We will continue to talk about the books. There will be a lot to talk about, not as fun as some other conversations we've had in recent years. Um I I'm gonna guess Ty and Ron will have an episode of the Eurostep 
pretty soon, early in the week, as we move into the later part of the week, Jordan and I will be on, and I will share my thoughts on the book's exit for the first time. And we'll, I guess we'll see how everything else unfolds over the next week, couple of weeks, and beyond in terms of how things shape up for the books or any major decisions made. More books talk to come on the Eurostep Podcast Network main feed. And last but by no means least, make time for this. Our feed for all things pop culture here at GSPN. Home to Captured in Celluloid, the movie show Andrew and I host. And have a great time doing it. We'll have more talk about movies, I believe, later in the week. So subscribe to make time for this for more from Andrew and I. All right. That does it. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Adam.